100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Welcome in. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at WHIN. Of course, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville and at myfmbank.com. Well, we have guested this morning and uh, want to introduce John Gentry. He's the owner of Mr. Handyman. John, welcome in. Thank you. Well, okay, so you're here. Let's uh, find out a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay. So I grew up in Mount Juliet. My dad had a law home business, so I grew up building houses all my life. And um, we traveled all over the country building houses. And so I was taught at a very young age of all the diversity of homes and how to build them and efficiently and all the awesome things and seeing the customers' expectations and seeing the smile on their face when you had the completed job. Later on down the road, I started my own contracting business, and that was about four years ago and then here in the past year we started mr handyman the reason we started that is just to help homeowners with small projects be able to take care of them without having to deal with you don't even know who's coming in your house all our techs are licensed insured and bonded so you know that friendly face you get a picture before the tech comes of who's coming to your house and so we just wanted that warm aspect of because we had so many customers complaining um they couldn't find anybody to hang a ceiling fan or change out a light for them without feeling like they weren't safe in their home so that was the that's the main reason we wanted to start that you know building long homes i mean that is that that's pretty incredible right there because i think everybody loves to have a log home i think anybody that sees one they say i want one of those (laughs) yes they are incredible they're uh there's nothing like them. They're just amazing. Starting the Mr. Handyman business, I mean, that has that encompasses a lot. I mean, you cover a lot of different areas from repair to remodel and all of that. So you, you can do the, the handyman kind of services, but you also do uh, contracting, like total remodels of kitchens, bathrooms, and that kind of thing. Yes, sir. We take care of it. We're a one-stop shop. You know, you, we, you call us and we will handle it. We have different um, other companies that help us too. If we can't handle it, we have great partners that are, will join us, so we can make sure we get that taken care of for you. So I guess that would be, you know, honey do list. I mean, that seems to be the favorite thing right now after the holidays and everybody kind of getting back to work in some respects. A lot of people working from home and really don't have the time to do little projects like that. So I guess you can do electrical, the the whole gamut of whatever needs to be done. Yes, sir. So if you got Bluetooth outlets or new types of fans, we absolutely could handle that. I know lots of people got these cool gadgets for Christmas, and they're really complicated sometimes to install, mm-hmm. and they can be <laughs> and turn an enjoyable present into a nightmare. So. Sure. Well, absolutely. You know, we got the new phones over the holidays for the kids, and on Christmas Day, we're trying to set up these phones. Well, the AT&T situation happened and we're going why is there we have no signal we can't set anything up well then of course we found out why but <laughs> that we, we adjusted after that yes i i know that feeling I, that's got to be very disappointing and go buy a gadget and then it don't work and you I, I, I want this thing i'm going to get on it right now you know didn't set up everything you have to do is you know on the on the internet and everything so i guess do you have the ability to to, to set people up like that set up like wi-fi routers and uh um, I guess extenders or those things you can put out through the house? Yes, we do that um, quite a bit for customers. Um, no matter, I mean, if it gets super techy with like computers, we don't mess with it. But mm-hmm. as long as it, you know, we're, we can hook up or wire, run wiring for like security cameras or install ring cameras, um, anything like that. Right. Uh, the ring cameras, you know, are, are pretty substantial now. I mean, I think a lot of folks are getting those. I mean, we have one, and it's it's pretty interesting. Mine was pretty easy to do because I, I just had the front door one. But I guess you can wire the the cameras all around your your property and be able to access those. And that gets a little complicated. But uh, I don't know if I can get up in the way up in the roof like that and 
try to do it <laughs> yes sir they can get very complicated and some people like to put on every corner of their house so mm-hmm. they can see so there can't somebody sneak in off a of camera sure yeah that's that's pretty wild so there's a lot of aspects uh of what you do that i find very fascinating and it's it's pretty incredible you could do all of this and then on top of all that you know doing remodels so are you a, a licensed contractor yes sir i'm a licensed general contractor with in tennessee good well people like to know that yes sir <laughs> what are the, some of the things that just give me a rundown of, of some of the things that you really find yourself specializing in currently here recently we've done a lot of doors and windows because as it gets cold weather mm-hmm. You know, people start noticing the cold air coming in their house, and they're like, oh, man, we need to replace that old window or that old door, or it's not closing right, and it it can really run up your heating bill in the wintertime. So those are some of the things we've been doing here recently, and bathrooms are a big thing in the wintertime. People want to get that new tile bathroom installed before summertime and um, before they have company over again so they can show off their new bathroom. So that's some of the, the things we've been doing in the past couple weeks. Mm, interesting. You know, one of the things that I find totally um, uh, irritating, <laughs> and there's a lot of things that irritate me, with, especially with, with uh, home repairs, are the doors that just want to shut by themselves slowly. And I've, I've seen the trick, you know, where you put the toothpicks in the, in the little jam there. What's a good way that people can alleviate that? His first quick tip of the day right here, folks. <laughs> There's there's lots of cool YouTube videos on this, but you can pull the the pins out and close the door, and then take a pair of like channel locks, and then line it. Once you close the door and you pull the pin out, they won't line up mm-hmm. all the pieces, oh. and you straighten them where they line up, and it'll work perfect. Wow! So you just squeeze <laughs> them top and bottom, or side to side, S- side to side to where they're all. It's just straight up and down. Okay, so they they kind of get out of whack a little bit. Yeah, they, they get. Would- People open a door too quick or slam it, and it bends them a little. Oh, I did not know that. So the toothpick thing I found really hasn't really worked very well for me because it, it still does it. It's like there's a ghost in here because that door keeps closing on. <laughs> yes, sir. They're they're very aggravating if you don't take care of them. Sure. Now, what about like uh, you were talking about the the cold coming in and stuff? Is it necessarily a caulking thing or or the the molding that can be replaced to help some of that it could be caulking caulking is not a permanent solution caulking is temporary every four to five years you have to replace it it'll get rotted out dry rotted and crumble and it's useless and so i mean it's a necessary thing to caulk stuff but it's not permanent and um the trim around it can cause it and there's seals and windows that can cause it and sometimes it's just an old door gets you know worn out from kids from slamming it or running into it or whatever and it it's just not repairable the best thing to do is just buy a new door and Mm -hmm. and just get a new door installed right now i think a a lot of the windows you know we have a lot of old homes around here in middle tennessee and you know a lot of these windows go back quite a few years and you see all the the window ads where i guess you if that needs to be done you can also handle installing the windows and doors absolutely we do all the window replacement and all the door replacement will come out and measure your windows for free and give you a free estimate and then we can um special order your windows or doors if they're special order and we can come out and replace them and we'll haul off all the old ones and you won't have to worry about that leaky drafty window (laughs) hate those (laughs) what's a tip that you could give people about fireplaces and the flu and you know opening and closing does that wear out can it can you handle something like that yes one of the things that i would recommend if you're not using it is to put a cap on top of it one it prevents water and two it'll prevent the air from coming in and Mm -hmm. being really drafty because houses with a chimney can be super drafty if you don't keep them closed up because those flues inside are not 100 percent sealed so that is the the best way because a chimney can cause thousands of dollars worth of damage with water getting in sure absolutely so how how would one know if it's open or closed that's that, that is that switch says that way but how can you get in there and look up i mean what's yes if you if you get inside of it you can take a 
you actually don't even need a flashlight. Just look in it in the daytime, and you can look up, and if you see daylight, it's open. If it's dark, it's closed off. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's easy. Yes. (laughs) I am not a handyman. (laughs) Now, I I will say, I mean, I have been pretty good about fixing a washer, you know, components that happen to go out and doing research and fixing the little things like that. Now, I haven't done a heating element in the dryer or anything like that. By that point, it's like, yeah, just buy another one. Yes, sir. Okay, another thing this, this this got me here is the proper way to keep critters, little bugs, out of your your house. Now, I, you, you follow the ants, and especially when the black ants are, are coming out like crazy, you can follow the trail. Is caulking really going to prevent that, or is there a certain thing that we should be using to fill out the little gaps like around the door or where they might be coming in? So they make like expanding foam for bigger holes that is for um pests like ants or whatever and it keeps critters is has like some kind of chemical in it and they don't like it and they won't even try to go through it yeah. or caulking for the smaller holes caulking will okay. keep them from going out anywhere that you have a crack or something i mean they're gonna try to come in so it's best just to try to caulk it up i mean caulking is two dollars a tube so <laughs> easy to do well, here's a question for you and and i'm from florida so i'm not used to this we had stucco but here they have the bricks, and all through the, 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 the wall, you see these, they leave these holes and gaps. I think they're expansion for that, but they, they leave these holes in there, and you see animals going in there. Is, is it supposed to be open to go inside or not? Yes, most people leave them open to keep, they're designed to let water out and an expansion, so if you close that up, it could cause damage. Whoa. Some people I've seen, they'll close it all up, but just the very bottom of it to where they where water can get out but you have to use um, a special kind of silicone that'll keep let it still let it expand but you still you don't want to close it all the way up because you've got to let that water out well one day i, would, I had um, by the the trash can i had moved it and there was this little mole little you know little gray jobber you know he he was scurrying all through underneath the where the trash can was and he actually went into one of those little cracks and was able to shrink himself down in a matter of a fraction of a second and got in that crack somehow. I mean, I'm telling you, it was so fast I couldn't barely see it. I mean, he got inside there, and I don't know whatever happened to him. <laughs> wow. that's cr- <laughs> It's crazy how animals can sneak in little crevices like that. They did. Yeah, I mean, it is <laughs> crazy. But I'm, I've always wondered that, and it's like, what? You could let all kind of bugs go inside. Now, of course, we, we don't have a crawl space or anything, but... You, there's got to be a way they can get in through the house somewhere. Oh, you would be surprised how many, I mean, the, the smallest little crack will let bugs and little animals mm-hmm. in. Even snakes can get in. Like if you can see daylight around your door or window, a snake or something probably could get through mm-hmm. it. So they need to call Mr. Handyman, get out there and seal up those cracks. No snakes in the house. <laughs> Everybody's going, oh, God, freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that and spiders. Oh, oh spiders yeah. are the worst. Man, those things are crazy. And they, they, they tell you that you can't really, like, get rid of them. Right. They're very difficult. Yeah. Like, they can get in your, like, the brown recluses can get in your walls, and you could have to tear out your sheetrock or tear holes in it to put special chemicals in there. It can be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, that's wild. Give me a couple of tips for kitchens. I would say the number one tip is to always check under your sink and anywhere there's water. You would be surprised how much damage that are behind your fridge like if you if you don't ever check behind it if it's sealed up you need to roll it out like once a month and check it because they the lines will start leaking and is i've seen it do thirty thousand dollars worth of damage and it was totally preventable mm-hmm. by changing out the the hose so just check for water leaks is the biggest thing and that's the most damage that a house yeah. gets done to it well especially if there's hardwood floors <clears throat> yes sir i, I learned from that <laughs> I'm seeing the the you know, the floor. It was actually the hardwood, not the the vinyl fake stuff. But it was starting to curl up, and I'm going, "Why is this happening?" Well, come to find it, it had a leak with ice maker and things like that, so it, it got hit a couple of times. So it, finally, we just ended up taking it up and replacing it because it was just too bad. Right. I mean, it's looking terrible. And for like kitchens and bathrooms, you either want to use um, like a tile or like a fake like a laminate flooring mm-hmm. for the kitchens and bathrooms just because of water. Because like you said, the hardwood is not designed for any kind of water. And there's always going to be water in the kitchen and bathroom because somebody's going to spill ice or something will happen. Sure. Well, what about uh, 
can can you do cabinetry? I mean, put new cabinets in for people. I'm I'm sure you could, but yes. So we can either go in like depending on what your budget is. Like we we can like refinish your cabinets and put new hardware on them and make it look like a whole new kitchen for a less budget, and you know refinish your countertops too. Or like if you want to go all out and do new cabinets, new countertops, new appliances, everything, we can do that as well. And that is a like a number one seller of a house is a the kitchen. So if you're going to put money into it, that is a the place to do it. Sure, and that's got up the value too because people love the kitchens. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, we're going to our first break right now. We're going to be right back and talking to John Gentry with Mr. Handyman. We'll be right back after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Okay, welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we've been talking with Mr. Handyman, John Gentry, and he's just been really filling our heads with a lot of great tips and everything. Uh, you know, it's been cold, as everybody knows, and uh, so I think it's important to maybe let's go over some energy tips and uh, advice that we can give. Awesome, yeah. I'd love to help you all with some energy-saving tips. Um, so one of them is, like, get a power strip for your appliances, so when they draw power, when they're not turned on, they don't draw power. This can help. You would think it's not that much, but it can add up tremendously. Mm-hmm. Another big thing is like old appliances use up a ton, like twice as much electricity as is new right? appliances. Wow, yeah. So you can, if you're going to go ahead, if you're thinking about getting new appliances, it's best to go ahead and do it because it can save you. You know, it'll eventually cover the cost of the new appliance for the energy savings like dryers and washers and stoves and all along those things will save you lots of money. And probably the the biggest thing, you know, is your insulation. You should go up in your attic and in your crawl space and see what kind of insulation you have. I've seen houses that have zero insulation in the crawl space. So Really? Wow. It, if, you're, if your feet are cold <laughs> in the winter, you might not have any insulation down there. So you can definitely take care of that. Insulation is not super expensive. You can do it yourself. You can watch videos on how to do it. It's just super simple. It's basically just do not cram it full. You know, you got to have air in it to, so it can do its job. But insulation is a is a key thing, saving electricity. What about the the blown-in stuff or the actual fiberglass sheets? Which are, Which seem to be better? So, like, under a, under your house, you would have to put, like, the sheets that nailed up to your subfloor. And then, like, in the insu- in the attic, it would be the blown-in because okay. it's easier just to mm-hmm. blow it in because it's just a flat area. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's a huge thing. And, like, any cracks, you want to fill those in as well. And that was the, the next tip is stop the breeze, caulk, weather stripping, like we talked about earlier, the drafty doors and windows. And there's even cool little tricks if you don't want to replace that door or window right now. You can get, like, some old socks and put around it and fill them with um, rags or beans or rice or something. And it's a weight. It'll stop the draftiness coming through. Yeah. So those are some tips for um, saving money in the wintertime. And it can be – you'll be surprised how much it'll save up your energy and one thing, too, which I'm sure a lot of people probably got here recently, is a programmable thermometer. And yeah, so so when you're not at, not at home, you can turn it off. So there's no reason to run your HVAC when you're not at home. Because if you're gone eight hours a day, then you're just wasting a tremendous amount of electricity running that. And you can turn it down, you know, a degree or two can save you money. Put on a jacket if you, you know, you don't want to spend that money. So you have these these new uh, thermostats that are out now, the Nest and all these. You can program them from your phone and set it when you're gone. You can change it. Or how, how are those efficiently, and how do they last? They they work amazing. So basically, you would just you either set it from your phone or set it on like a timer. Like if you leave every morning at 6, you know, you would have it shut off at 6 a.m., and then it would drop down so many degrees, like probably like 10 degrees, and then... Like an hour before you got home, it would come back on and heat your house back up so it wouldn't nice. run during the day. Mm-hmm. So that can that can help a lot. And, you know, open your blinds if in the wintertime and let the sunlight in can be a huge thing. The The sun is amazing thing when you have lots of windows. Yeah, if you've got lots of windows, <clears throat> and uh, just don't be walking around naked in there. <laughs> <laughs> 
the neighbors uh, might be calling on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is true. So another thing along with uh, electricity is water. A leaky faucet, you might not think is that much, but it can be over 3,000 gallons a year. That's a lot of water, and Mm -hmm. it's just going down the drain for no reason. You're paying for the water, and you're paying for the sewer for no reason at all to fix what could be a $10 part at Home Depot Mm -hmm. or Lowe's. One of the things that, that what you were saying, especially for bathrooms and, and showers, they put these silly drains in there that are totally not functional. They capture everything. The hair, I mean, forget about it. And you've seen, you probably pulled stuff out of there that you, you don't even want to talk about. But it's a, is there a, can you go in and replace the that drain whole thing? I know, I know it's possible, but I, I could never do it. So the drains in like showers and tubs are a little bit more tricky. Um, depending on what year your house was built, it could be like cast or something where it's steel pipe threads on there and they get rusty and they're really hard to come loose. So it's a little bit sketchy. I don't recommend if your house is, you know, built before the 2000s doing it by yourself because it could break off and you have a real big mess there in your you hands. Go. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I, I would, I wouldn't even know how to get the thing out of there. Yes. And that's a, you know, that's a tricky thing is they make a little tool. It's just a little bitty tool. You can buy at Home Depot for $5 and you just put it in there and you put a screwdriver in it and you can just turn it out. It just twists oh, out. And so it's, it's not hard to replace if it comes out, but if it, if it don't, it can be a real pain. But but like you said, with the hair, mm-hmm. you can buy those things now that catch the hair, and then yeah. you can just pull them out and then dump them in the trash, yeah. and you don't have that issue. Yeah, yeah, it's it it's been pretty uh, frustrating, especially when you have kids that have the the hair that just keeps coming out. Where's where's all this hair coming from? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, and then it gets aggravating. It gets yeah. stuck in your drain lines, and then you have to call a plumber mm. and. It can cause serious problems. Sure. Now, what about uh, hot water heaters? I mean, we're talking about energy uh, tips and efficiency. Is there, is there a certain level that you should set? Because mine is set really hot. I mean, it it'll scald you. I mean, it's got to be 140 plus. Uh, you know, so I mean, you got to watch it. But uh, I like the hotter water. But I guess if I turn it down, that would save a lot of money as well. Yes, and so, uh, most people nowadays, when you get something new installed, you're going to a tankless which is not, you know, the water coming out instantly is hot. It don't sit there and run, so it's not as big a factor. But on the hot water heaters, depending on your house, like if it's a smaller capacity, you have to turn it up higher so you can, or you run out of hot water faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like you, you love to have a steam shower. <laughs> but there's, I don't know the ex- what the exact temperature to set it at, but that they vary depending on mm-hmm. gas and electric. Yeah. But you definitely want to be, careful don't ever turn it up higher than they recommend because it could really hurt somebody yeah well i have it you know especially for the um, you know for the kitchen when you're cleaning and things like that i mean i like really hot like that i know it's it's probably working okay but it does give you to snap that hand a little bit sometimes <laughs> yes ours is a in our house is a gas hot water heater and it gets really hot as well mm. and um, I've had electric hot water heaters, and they just don't seem to get as hot as the gas do. So that might, that's a little bit of difference in them. Yeah, so it, it, replacing a hot water heater is not something that, that normal homeowners would probably get involved in. That would You have to call you to come in to do that. Yes, I would not recommend replacing your hot water heater on your own. It could be a – you could run into some serious problems. And, and then if you were trying to do it on the weekend, and then you couldn't find anybody to come out, mm-hmm. and you have – a lot of issues happen because you don't know what size to get and what you know what rating you need there's you know there's lots of different factors that come into hot water heaters sure what other tips do you have energy wise so toilet things um if your toilet is filling up too much and you're dumping too much water out each time that can cost you a lot of money over the lifetime of a home you can there's a little adjustment screw on most toilets that you can adjust the height that the water feels or you can take like a coke bottle and fill it full of water and put in there because like the disbursement of the the bottle will make it not dump as much water out each time so Mm -hmm. those little bit of things can save you a lot of money because some toilets come with a you know a two button thing where you can have you know a less flush or a bigger flush and those savings like that can 
can add up a lot. Mm-hmm. And what about, you know, noisy toilets? It drives me out of my mind, you know, when that water comes back in. And I don't know if it, it's probably a line thing or, a, you know, getting a new, another toilet or something that's quieter. But how, how do you calm that sound down that when it's water's rushing back in? Yeah, so that is very frustrating. So it could be either one or two things. There's a shutoff valve at the, down at the bottom of the toilet that can either be have like corrosion in it and causing the sound or most of the time it's the fill valve inside the toilet in which most time homeowners can change those out very easily by themselves. It's sure. like a $20 kit that you can get and just change it out. It's super easy. You don't really need any tools and mm-hmm. it's a very easy DIY project. Yeah. It's frustrating for sure when these little things happen. I know it's a little thing like that and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, then... They call Mr. Handyman. Yes, sir. <laughs> Before I tear this thing out of here. <laughs> yes, sir. And so, yes, we do toilets all the time that people have serious issues with. They tried to fix them themselves and it didn't work or whatever. If you're not handy, then I wouldn't try it yourself mm-hmm. because you could, then you might not have a toilet for the weekend. And so, and another cool tip is, which most people do, but you don't even think about, is the LED lighting. You know, it uses 75% less electricity than a standard bulb. So. In, in the toilet itself? No. No, like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they do have those. I've, I've seen them. <laughs> you have a disco toilet going on. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have one at my house. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the LED lighting can really save you a lot of money because you have, if you think about, if you count all your light bulbs in your house, it adds up how much electricity you use. Oh, Absolutely. And so the LED lights are a little bit more expensive, but they're kind of getting away from the incandescent thing, I guess. And then they went to the fluorescent. So, and, you know, the little curly Q bulbs, but you say the, the LED lights are, are better and they're going to last a lot longer anyway, right? Oh, absolutely. The LED lights are, you know, the new thing and they're going to they're gonna do away with everything else eventually. And it'll only be LED lights that you can buy. Most of your garage shop lights that you have now that used to have the big incandescent lights are now all led Mm. bulb strips on them so that's the way everybody's going to that's the way to go i'm telling you yes (laughs) when we start talking about energy i mean when it's cold like this yeah, which and it it's it's really crazy this winter how up and down it is it'll get warm one day to get you know in the 70s and then we're back down to 20s at at night so the the number one thing is you know keeping your air conditioning properly set so it can adjust automatically and you can time these the timers to to go off and on when you need it exactly and that'll that'll help you a lot because at Mm -hmm. night you don't most people don't sleep with it super hot so turn it down a little bit and it'll save you quite a bit of money and also a, a tip on the air conditioner as well is to change out your filters they're only you can look at your filters but most of them are only a 30-day filter Mm -hmm. you would be surprised how many hvac units i've seen destroyed because nobody changed the filter now you've probably seen some bad ones but i mean i look at them somebody i look at it 30 days and look at it this thing doesn't even look like it's got anything on it i mean it's not you know covered you know some you could tell when it's really working hard and then the others you look at should you still do it 30 days if it doesn't look like it's totally sealed up Yes, I would recommend changing it out. If it's if it's a thirty day filter, then more than likely it needs to be changed every mm. thirty days because there's lots of stuff that it's caught that you can't see. Because mm. once it gets stuff that you can see, it's already restricting the airflow, and the unit's having to work harder to okay. be able to pull that air through there. Well, I guess I have a job to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what other tips do you have for us? So, the last one on energy is ceiling fans. Your ceiling oh, fan can help. I know that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> your ceiling fan can help your HVAC unit run more efficiently by moving the air around in your house. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the the vents aren't placed perfectly, or a room might have get hotter or colder. So if you run your ceiling fans, it can really help. And like running them different directions too, it makes a difference. Like in the winter time, they should run clockwise. To create updraft mm-hmm. to pull the cold air up, and in the summertime it should be the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so for the people who like to sleep in polar bear kind of weather, then then leave it blowing down on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you want to freeze all night, <laughs> get the weighted blankets out. Uh, 
So we're, we're getting ready to come to a close. Any kind of couple of final uh, other tips that you think people would really love to have this time of year? So one thing is that I always recommend is make sure you have a fire extinguisher because we're talking about kitchens. you got to have a fire extinguisher in your kitchen. Water does not put out a grease fire. Mm-hmm. You'll burn your house down. Make sure you have that. Check your smoke alarms. And just two simple things like that can say be the difference between your house burning down and and not burning down. Sure. So, Mr. Handyman, is you're located in Goodlettsville. I want you to let everybody know where you are and how they can reach you. Yes. So we're located in Goodlettsville, and you can look us up online at mrhandyman.com, or you can call us. Our number is six one five two seven zero one eight two zero, and we would love to help you with any problems you might have and if you use the code WHIN, we'll even give you a discount. See, I was going to mention that. <laughs> That's good. People love discounts. Yes, sir, they do. <laughs> so if they call, they can call and make an appointment. Do you, How far are you? I know it's kind of it's week to week, but how far are you booking out right now? We try to, if it's an emergency, we try to get to somebody within 24 hours. If it's not as important, it, it could take a couple of days. But we try to get to you as quick as possible. Good. Well, there he is, Mr. Handyman, John Gentry. He's the, he's the pro. He's the expert here. And if you uh, need any advice, have questions, I'm sure they would love to hear from you. And that's MrHandyman.com. Check it out. This is going to wrap it up for this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. Stand by. We'll be right back with more. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or my F. Well, good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Sponsored by our good friends at FM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville, and at myfmbank.com. We're here each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and we have a great guest here this morning. You're going to be interesting to maybe find out a little bit about what's going on with the schools here in Sumner County. So I want to introduce to you Scott Langford. He's the Assistant Director of Schools for instruction right here in Sumner County. And Scott, thanks for coming in. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So why don't we uh, just kick off and tell a little bit about yourself and let everybody, because it's pretty impressive what I'm reading here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm a Sumner County boy. I grew up in Cottontown. I'm a child of Sumner County teachers. Uh, I grew up and literally grew up in Hendersonville High School until I was eight and then uh, Beach High School. And then uh, eventually my dad was principal at White House. So I went to White House High School I was in the Army for a couple of years and then, uh, you know, did a couple of other things, moved around. I taught in Georgia. I pastored for a while and then I came back. And since I've been back, I taught and coached at White House High School. And then I was assistant principal at White House Middle School, principal at White House High School. And now I'm assistant director of Sumner County Schools. And then I'm uh, also um, chairman of the Sumner County uh, Commission. Well, do you have any extra time? On your- <laughs> <laughs> a, l- a little bit here and there, a little bit here and there. Being in in the school system as long mm-hmm. as you have been, I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. You've you've learned quite a bit. But let everybody know what does the assistant of director of schools for instruction what what do you mm-hmm. actually do? You know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's one of the most uh, complex jobs I've ever I've ever had. Obviously, we have uh, forty nine schools in Sumner County, so I'm uh, directly responsible for the instruction that goes on in all of our pre-K through 12 schools. So the materials that are used, uh, the way the teachers teach, uh, in it. well, I mean, not the, the way that the teachers teach, but it's more that my job is primarily to make sure that we're supporting them so that they can deliver instruction because we're really blessed in Sumner County with outstanding teachers and principals. Well, I know that, uh, it, you know, my crew goes to station camp mm-hmm. and they're, I mean, the principals are awesome over there. Mm-hmm. They, um, yeah, communicate re- very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm trying to learn this uh, Google Classroom and the, you know the Skyward and all mm-hmm. of that. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I know with all the the change in the school patterns and everything that are going on right now. Again, we'll talk about that because I want everybody to understand where the school mm-hmm. system is coming from sure. when it comes to doing the remote learning and why and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Y- you've you've been teaching and you were in the army. Mm-hmm. And, and yes. what what did you do in the army? I went to the United States Military Academy for three years, and then I um, ruptured a couple of discs in my back mm-hmm. my my last year there. So Man, that'll do it. Yeah, so that <laughs> that, uh, that ended my army career short. But I had a uh, four years total service, but three years uh, where I was actively at West Point, and then a year to recover after my back surgery. 
you know, it's not something you want to hear, but, you know, I had just had that controversy going up there at West Point here recently mm-hmm. with all of the cheating scandal going on. But yeah. that's, you know, yeah, it's uh, past news now. Well, it's, uh, you know, if you haven't been there, then, you know, it's a big conversation among my classmates and everything because it's very serious. You know, it's the oh, uh, first day you learn a cadet will not lie, cheat, or steal, nor tolerate those who do. And it's rigorously enforced. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the, those that were involved... Mm-hmm. Well, I regret that. <laughs> I, I think so. And I think, it, you know, it, it's interesting because they're dealing with the same things that everyone's dealing with now uh, is the world changes. You know, it's hard to even imagine that they did it almost a full semester, just like everyone else did learning at home. And so it opens up a whole new avenue. You, you know, um, I remember when I was there, if you did a math assignment and you got help, you had to document what help you got unless we had these drill problem stamps that you start and that lets you get help without having to document it. So I'm sure it disrupted every one of their routine practices. And I think that's why they weren't as heavy handed as they typically are on honor violations. And Mm -hmm. I I suspect that some of the honor violation there was a function of, you know, miscommunication because of the shift from being face to face to being entirely virtual. Yeah. It's a, it's a different animal. It it totally is. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine you know the, the the stress that they have to be going through and having to live up to the standard you know you have to do that yeah i would say you know the thing that i probably looking back now at, at my current age and, and reflecting on it the most impressive the, the most important part is is i had ne- i've never failed before or after as much as i did there i mean you know plebe year you take swimming boxing and gymnastics like thankfully i could box because mm-hmm. i was terrible at swimming and, and gymnastics like I, I got a d in gymnastics and i celebrated like i'd won a gold medal well, if you know you're you're not five foot five, so <laughs> no, no, at six foot six, you know, I mean, man, we did. I mean, no, no joke. We did. Uh, you had to climb all these ropes. We did uh, parallel bars, high bar, mm-hmm. vaulting, uh, <laughs> pommel horse. I mean, it was rings. It was when I got over on the rings. Uh, that that's one of the greatest miracles of my life. Yeah. Um, well, it's like doing doing pull ups. You know, I'm, I was six yeah. two when I was in school, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just like I got a lot more hanging down here mm-hmm. that I have to pull up. That's I, right. I never could do it. Or, the, right. or they're doing the rope. Forget about that. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. could never do that. Yeah. <laughs> what drew you into the teaching realm? You know, it's funny because, uh, gosh, I'm a, I think I'm a fourth generation Sumner County teacher. So in a way, it was in my blood. But I was not a teacher straight out of college. I, uh, my parents encouraged me not to be a teacher. And so uh, after I got out of the Army, I went to MTSU and finished up. And then I went to Emory, and I did. I was a Russian language major when I was in the Army. So I went to Emory University to get a Ph.D. in uh, uh, political science, but mainly focusing on post-communist transitions to democracy. Uh, There were, at that point, almost no jobs in the United States for that field. It was right after the Soviet Union collapsed. And so I um, went back. uh, I was looking, and you hate to say sometimes you make an economic calculation, but it was, there were two jobs in the United States that year, and the salary was around forty thousand a year. So I became a I became a teacher in the Atlanta area, and I did that mm-hmm. for four years, and then you know switched over to ministry for a while and came back. But yeah, wow. uh, you know, just the for me personally, the opportunity to watch kids grow up and to participate in those years as a high school teacher and principal and as a middle school assistant principal, it, it's just there's really I, I had the privilege of being with one class from sixth grade through twelfth grade because I was wow. with and so and that was my older daughter's class. So I got to watch them. You know, earlier we were talking about kids shooting up and growing up i got to see these kids grow up you know the boys being about four feet feet tall in sixth grade and being six three six four by the time they graduated yeah. and that was that was really and, and, and you know you never um the, the really the joy and calling of teaching is getting to see that transformation in kids lives i think it's so nice to to see that and you know here in sumner county i mean it i love the the pot and i don't know if they call them pods but like station mm-hmm. cap you got mm-hmm. them all three right there mm-hmm. So, you know, as a parent, you're, if you have one in each school, it's just easy to mm-hmm. navigate all that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, and speaking of that is, and, and this might be a sore subject, I don't know, but uh, the Liberty school system mm-hmm. is that going to be kind of like the station camp pod kind of sit, uh, yeah deal? you have the three yeah. schools together so liberty creek is up on upper state upper station camp which actually that's i grew up there as a child about a mile down mile and a half down the road from the new campus so uh the high school will face upper station camp creek road the elementary school will be on the other side when we start it'll be the middle school and high school will be in the same building the elementary will they'll all open at the same time but Mill and High will be in the same building, and eventually, you know, when the numbers uh, warrant it, we'll 
go back in and build the middle school. So it'll be a three-school campus, very similar. On a larger piece of property, you know, we have 300 acres of property. There are 287 acres of property, so there will actually be the high school, middle school. There's a, there will be about Mr. Brown, who, uh, you know, we bought his farm, and then he donated his estate back to us for technology money. So basically, we paid about $3.5 million for the property, and then he donated about $8.5 million to the school system. But wow. So that will give back technology to Sumner County Schools forever. But he also included money for a park, and so there's going to be about an 80-acre park complex on the school campus. It's going to be really pretty amazing. Nice. For- so you said the high school is going to be on the creek side. And then if you cross Upper Station Camp on the other side, we'll be... No, no, it's all on the same side. Uh, uh, Actually, um, Upper Station Camp is where the high school school sits off of Upper Station Camp. And I believe I should have looked up the name of the roads when I grew up here, so it's even worse. But it's over around Hunt on the other side is is where the elementary school will be. Okay. Well, I know it's... People are really uh, stressed about that, and you know, and, and I, the school system has this down. I mean, you guys forecast a lot of these, the, mm-hmm. the numbers of the mm-hmm. amount of population and everything years in advance. So mm-hmm. you've been planning for this, so it's not going to be a scary thing. But I think a lot of the, the parents are still in that. Uh, well, I don't want to change schools and mm-hmm. redistricting and zoning and all of that. I yeah. mean, that's you know, some of it's come out already, and I'm sure there'll probably be changes to it as well, mm-hmm. you know, as as we get into it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, um, gosh, just over the course of my lifetime, we've added several school complexes. And I think that when I think, though, whenever anyone, when everyone sees what Liberty Creek is going to be, if you drive up Upper Station, you can see it now from the road. It's amazing. They've already mm-hmm. poured the they've already poured the flooring on the second floor of the high school. And it, it's going fast. But I think when everybody sees, I will say that this is the first time in Sumner County that we've fully built a school or high school out uh completely the way that it should be with the athletic fields and and everything and it's going to be uh it's going to be pretty magnificent i think when people see it they're going to be pretty excited plus you know just with all we've learned over the years you know there are certain things that become fixed when you build the walls of the school and so we're able to really address the needs of our sumner county students for the coming generation mm-hmm. by building the the brick and mortar school to match what we need. Sure. Well, I mean, there's, there's so much in the technology aspect mm-hmm. of it, and I'm sure this school is, you know, you've learned from all of these other properties. Mm-hmm. So now it's taking the best of all of that and making it, you know, and perfecting it mm-hmm. in, in Liberty. So I think it's going to be very impressive. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the sports program, uh, they're probably going to be competitive with Beach and uh, Station Camp and Gallatin. I think it'll be pretty interesting because, of course, Beach and Gallatin will – you know, those areas school station camp will lose some students to Liberty Creek. So they'll come down in size a little bit. But, uh, you know, those schools are will be significantly larger than Liberty Creek. I think probably, and this is just me speculating, so don't hold me to it. But uh, I would guess that when Liberty Creek starts, it'll be in there around more like with uh, White House, Portland, somewhere in between there. So they'll have a year or two because, you know, I remember, you know, my dad opened Beach High School in 1980 and the first year was pretty tough in football. They they took some, the second year they went to the playoffs and did really well, but the the, the first year was kind of tough. You were saying you went to to Hendersonville High School. Were you in the Taylor Swift days? No, no, no. I was, uh, I grew up, uh, my dad was assistant principal there, head football coach and then assistant principal. So I literally, I think the first time I was ever in the newspaper, I was about three or four, and I was in the gingerbread house uh, in the Hendersonville Christmas Parade. So uh, I felt it's what was what's Ellis now. I, I can't tell you the number of times I fell asleep in the gym or sat in somebody's <laughs> la- coach's lap. Uh, it was a great place to grow up. Yeah, no. And we, the one thing that we learned when we moved here is that the school systems, we wanted to be in a place where the, the school systems rocked. Mm-hmm. And everything that we researched and found out that Sumner County schools were the the top of the list, mm-hmm. and ever since been we have definitely not been disappointed. I mean, it's it's proven itself, and uh, the the kids love. And we got two kids now. Well, let's say they're um, middle and one in high school, mm-hmm. so it is very impressive that the dedication that the teachers have, the principals, like I said, mm-hmm. um, but the the curriculum and everything going on. But you guys have just really got this thing down. Well, I think, you know, we're, we're blessed in the fact that we have strong communities. And it's interesting because it's very distinctive communities, but very strong communities. And then the schools take on that flavor. And I think that that gives Sumner County kind of a, a rich variety of, of difference, but in, in the most positive way. And I think that, you know, I think one of the positive things that's come out of uh, the COVID past nine months is the fact that 
our county has drawn upon those individual strengths, and we've really become very close knit uh, sure. across the county. You know, we we celebrated all spring every time we met that you know we're all in this together, mm-hmm. and you just you see it. And and I, and I think you're. I mean, I would agree. You know, I had to. You know, I lived in Georgia for ten years before I came back. You know, people don't necessarily appreciate the fact that it's not like this everywhere. That uh, the you know, even beyond the schools, the way our communities are connected and, and support each other is really, uh, really pretty unique. Well, you know, I think that that's what's drawing a lot of people here. I mm-hmm. mean, Gallatin's blowing up, mm-hmm. you know, with all mm-hmm. of the, the growth and everything else. But everybody wants to come to Sumner County because the school systems, and that's mm-hmm. usually if they've got kids, that's one of the mm-hmm. top priorities for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely proven that and you guys are doing a, a great job on it. Well, so you. when did you jump into your current position then? I came in... Um, Late May, early June of 2018, uh, that I was uh, named AD of instruction. A big job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first couple months, I likened it to drinking out of a fire hose every day. Oh, uh, wow. It's just the, yeah. it, you know, it's one of those things, just in terms of leadership, that uh, when you're a principal, the best thing you can do is make decisions quickly. Uh, because if something isn't exactly right, you can go back and talk to everybody very quickly and fix it. The worst thing as a principal is to be indecisive. Mm-hmm. But when you move into when you have 49 schools. You have to think slowly. And yeah. so, you know, like for me, it's, you know, like I, I like to make decisions. And so I've had to learn now, you know, it's where uh, working with uh, Dr. Phillips has been really, because yes. he's, he's really just a tremendous leader and yes. doesn't get the credit that he deserves for the leader that he is. Well, I know he has been um, so supportive of the school system that I mm-hmm. know that the every principal that I've talked to, mm-hmm. they have nothing but great things to mm-hmm. say about Dr. Phillips, and he's done a great job, and you got the the great staff in there. In fact, I was just looking at some. You have one of your your very own. Uh, I guess that's Janelle Garrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got a a big award. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, I'll read this because it's kind of lengthy, but yeah. she uh, leads the coordinated school health for Sumner County Schools. That's what her position is, but she's officially now a state winner, and she received the Connie Hall Givens Coordinated School Health Award presented by the Tennessee Association of Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. So we definitely got to give her a big shout out. Oh, absolutely. Janelle, and Janelle is just a wonderful person. If you talk to her, she's the nicest person, uh, but really does a tremendous job. You know, it's a job that not many people know about that the school Mm -hmm. system would do, but I mean, she's coordinated everything from walking trails at schools to the uh, dispensers in the schools where you can fill up water bottles but just things to beyond all that just things to promote good health and to help our students learn how to exercise and take care of themselves and to provide training and support for teachers Uh, you know she's one of those people that does about 10,000 things behind the scenes that you never see but does it just with such grace and um, you know everybody that knows Janelle loves her so it's a big win for her big award for her absolutely so and of course, the uh, TSBA 2020 School Board of the Year. Hello, <laughs> good job. We're, we are we are um, really blessed. Uh, you know, when we talk about all the things that we've talked about about the schools before, the reason we're able to do those things is because our our school board. It's not that they agree. You know, they have a sign, uh, one board, one voice. And and the thing is, is they don't always agree on everything, but they work together. And then once we make a decision, then that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do. And uh, the the unity and the hard work and the commitment that they have to uh, listen to the voices of their constituents and bring it to us and to ask tough questions and to make sure that we're uh, being accountable for the things that you know. I mean, because at the end of the day, the things that we're accountable for are the children of Sumner County and our future, and that warrants everybody uh, everybody's voice being heard. And I think our school board really, I mean, they definitely deserve the the recognition because they're they're really amazing leaders and uh, really represent their constituencies well. Absolutely. Well, listen, we got, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to go into our, our next break right now. We've been talking with Scott Langford, Assistant Director of Schools of Instruction, right here in Sumner County. So stand by. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Scott Langford, the uh, current Assistant Director of Schools for Instruction right here in Sumner County, and also Commissioner of District 11. So we're so happy that you took the time to come in and speak with us. Oh, it's a it's an honor to be here. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, and there's just so much to talk about. There's so much going yeah. on. Um, let's continue uh, talking about, you know, the Liberty Creek uh, situation mm-hmm. and kind of 
educate some the folks on what's going on at this point. Yeah, so if you drive up Upper Station right now, you can see that the, the high school is coming up fast. Uh, the elementary school is a little harder to see because it's on the other side of the campus, but uh, the, the school is, uh, you know, it's amazing. Once they get the uh, foundation poured, it, it comes up fast. And so we would anticipate uh, it opening in the fall of 2022. Okay. All right. Well, that's that'll be here before you know it. Way, it's right that's around the corner. That's just something they could build something that fast. It, it's it's pretty amazing <laughs> when you the size and scale. Once it's done, everybody will be amazed. But uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. I mentioned earlier, I grew up out there. You know, my my grandfather uh, dropped out after the eighth grade. He went to the Okana School right there on Long Hollow Pike, and uh, so uh, actually uh, on my family property, there's a one old one room schoolhouse. It's actually someone else owns it now, but one room schoolhouse. And my grandfather was born there. My dad lived there. For a while, but you know that had been their school, and uh, you know, so to have the opportunity to have a brand new school complex in that area after you know they went to, to Gallatin or to Hendersonville or to Beach or to White House, you know, it's uh, it's pretty exciting to see uh, to see a brand new school complex in that area. Well, and with the numbers and the people, of course, moving to Sumner County mm-hmm. because of the reputation and everything, I think it's an impressive that you know the planning of all of this mm-hmm. was done years ago. I mean, this is this is not a new thing that just mm-hmm. popped up. Dr. Phillips has a lot of gifts, but his ability to to forecast and see what we need to do, you know, now to be prepared for five or ten years down the road is really, really pretty amazing. And I think the, you know, the Liberty Creek process was started years ago, and it's just it's exciting to see it, you know, becoming come each day coming a little closer to fruition. Yeah, and I think as as it gets going along, and and I think a lot of the parents are still you know stressing out about you know moving schools and things like right. that. But I think it's you know they're going to get used to it. And I think I'd be very impressed to be a new school. In fact, a lot of their classmates might even be following them with mm-hmm. them. So if they're worried yeah. about the, their friends and such. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, it's a little different than when you have to rezone in the mid, cause this will be a big movement of kids. And, and I, I just, I really think when, when people see what this campus is going to look like, it's going to be, uh, they're going to be really excited to have, have their kids. I mean, you know, and at the same time, like um, the good thing is, is that all of our schools are, are really good. So it's just going to help. But what it will do is in those where kids are leaving from, it's just going to make it a, a lot more manageable. I, I marvel, uh, you know, I stopped by to sometime, a lot at Station Camp Elementary and it, it's like, like, I really feel like most of our elementary principals could, uh, could unload the landing craft at Normandy. Uh, I mean, their, their ability to handle logistics in the morning is just off the charts. Amazing. Well, it, it, you know, I remember seeing out there and the, the principals are out directing traffic. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, just involved in everything. So mm-hmm. pretty impressive. That's for sure. All right, with all of the, the recent uh, COVID situation, changing the school systems and going remotely, and mm-hmm. that's kind of, a lot of parents I know have been real stressed out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a little history on, on how this all came about and how you decided on this hybrid situation. So so we started, uh, you know, after the spring, the one thing we knew that we never wanted to go back to was that length of time with kids not having any direct access to, to their teachers consistently. I, I, our teachers were amazing last spring at calling to check in zooming using every method they had including you know, some of our teachers went and sat in yards and kids distanced and they read read to them and did math and things like that so our teachers were just troopers at overcoming adversity in the spring but the good thing about it was is we had a couple months to really think about what are we going to obviously this is going to extend beyond just may of last year what are we going to do and so we were able to really put our heads together and think and our number one priority there is absolutely nothing we can do to replace a child being in a teacher's classroom with a teacher yes. but at the same time we've got to make sure that our students and teachers are safe and so what we tried to come up with was a system where we could maximize face-to-face instruction time give give parents where you have uh, situ- family situations with fragile uh, medically fragile or other family needs uh, the opportunity to go completely virtual and stay virtual throughout the year and we've done that through Sumner Virtual Academy uh, but then to also create opportunities to maximize face-to-face instructional time with a teacher in the classroom so basically you know we create we, we looked at uh, other districts and talked to a lot of people around the country to see what the right metric point was and so basically when our infection rates below 0.5 we go face-to-face uh, all the time every day if it's above 0.5 to, to 1.0, uh, we go a mix. K5, we go face-to-face. You know, if you study, if you look at the findings. So uh, in elementary school, we can't replace. Every day that we lose there is a day that's really hard to replace. And science shows, you know, science tells us, the studies show us that, um, you know, our, our K5 students are pretty safe in school with uh, social distancing and other protocol. 
so we try our, you know, we're, we want to keep them in school as much as possible. Uh, but then in grades 6 through 12, with larger class sizes and more students typically in the building, uh, we go to a hybrid. So we uh, have A to K two days a week and L to Z two days a week with a Wednesday where everyone learns virtually. And that, uh, we, we came back the first three days of the semester virtually to give us some time over the break to see where our numbers would go. We had feared that our numbers would go really high. They, they haven't. They've stayed below that 1.0 number. And so we're, um, we're really happy to be able to go back hybrid next week um, right. and, and get our 6 through 12 kids in. And, you know, K-5 back full time and 6 through 12 in two days a week. You know, with all of the, the studies that you've done mm-hmm. on, like, how do you break the, the different age groups up, mm-hmm. um, how does how that complicated thing? I know the, the, the young ones are pretty much simple. They go five days a week mm-hmm. and they're good, but then mm-hmm. doing the A through K and then, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of, which I thought was very impressive. Plus it cuts down on the amount of people that are in that yeah. school. Yeah. It, um, you know, it's one of those things. It's like everything else. There's positives and negatives. We looked at a number of different ways. Like, do you go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, clean the building, keep it empty on Wednesdays, but then you have kids that go almost five days without seeing a teacher face to face. So even though it's not perfect, we settled on a Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday. We felt like that maximized face-to-face instruction time while giving kids the opportunity to, to work on an assignment and then come back and see a teacher to get help, to answer, to clarify questions. Uh, you know, we've tried to invest heavily in technology and stay simple with, and that's why we've used, you know, most of our parents are probably familiar now with Remind and Google Classroom. Uh, if you have a Google account, your emails are going to fill up with uh, different <laughs> messages and things like that. But, you know, the feedback that we got in the spring was because we did not have those uniform platforms that every teacher was using was that, you know, I, I'm a parent. I have three kids and I'm getting 35 emails a day on 12 different platforms and I have no idea what to do. So mm-hmm. we tried to really get simple and streamline things. And our teachers have really done an outstanding job of managing that. Well, from a school board standpoint, how difficult was it? Because you had to go in and, and teach these teachers Mm-hmm. Okay, listen, this is the technology we're using now with the Zooms. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get, get familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And then all your emails and the Google Classrooms and the Skywards and all of that. I mean, has it been a daunting task to get them up to speed on that? I, I think, you know, honestly, the beauty of it is what we were able to do is utilize. It's really almost been a grassroots movement. Um, we hired a, uh, a, a, a woman from Union Elementary, uh, Jean Hessen, to be our Sumner Connect coordinator. She was a third grade teacher last year. Mm-hmm. She's now over our, our hybrid instruction. She does a whole lot of things. She's really a very gifted and talented educator. But one of the things that she was able to do was really leverage because she was coming from the classroom and had a lot of contacts with teachers and was able to ask the questions because there's all kinds of technology you can buy, all kinds of packages and things. But what Jean really gifted us with was uh, the ability to listen to the teacher voice and say, this is what we need. And so Jean worked with, and a whole lot of other people too, not just Jean, worked with our teachers to identify like, you know, what do you need to know about Google Classroom? What do you need to know about Remind? What helps you teach? And then we were able to put together trainings for the summer. We used one of our professional learning days for teachers to learn what they would need. And honestly, by getting really simple and saying everybody's going to do Google Classroom, it lets us focus our support there. So it made it a lot more manageable. Now, mm-hmm. we use we use some other things. For instance, Google Classroom is not ideal for younger kids. It's great to use for parents to be able to go to one place and get things. But our elementary teachers are using some other tools within Google Classroom, just as our middle school and high school teachers are. But it gives a great launching, you know, one-stop shopping to say. But, I mean, I'll be honest, like um, throughout this time, every obstacle we faced, our teachers have overcome. And they've, we've really kind of created a culture of if we've done anything, it's been open up and create the points of contact for our teachers to be able to communicate with each other. And I mean, like, they're so brilliant at just overcoming, and and now they're sharing, so we're able to replicate that out really quickly. And you know one of the great things that most people don't know, if the teachers don't know how to do something, just ask one of the kids, because they got computer chips in their brain. They they know it more than we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, it might revolve around Minecraft and some things like that, but... uh... (laughs) Yeah, you got to go through that. That's right. Pokemon, you know, you got to find a Pokemon over there. Um, But yeah, I think it's it's so incredible that... I asked the kids, and you need help with that? No, Dad, got it. Dad, so, Dad, what? <laughs> so we have a we have a you know weekly instruction meeting, and we've started bringing teachers, principals, and kids back to talk to us to give us feedback. And uh, in the fall, we had a group of recent graduates come, and one of the things that they shared, we asked them, "What what is it that you wish you had learned while you were in Sumner County Schools that you didn't know when you went to college?" 
and they said, you know, we had no idea how to do things like load files. Uh, and we're like, oh, we're good now. I mean, we got kindergartners that can that's load right. PowerPoints. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, that's not going to be a problem moving yeah. forward. Yeah, that's oh, it, 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 technology. And, of course, it's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just very impressed. I can go in as a parent and look, go into their classroom and see all of the work that they've done and what they're missing mm-hmm. and everything that's been missing. I and mean, if they if they actually did what they said they did. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to check up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, still not as well-versed in it, but it, it definitely is a helpful tool to know exactly what they're doing. You know, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because I think most of us base what's going on in school, what we experienced when we were in school. But if you walk through a school now, like if you're at Hendersonville High School, you know they're they've got uh, they're fabricating things they're 3D printing you know almost all of our schools have a robotics program and you see like even down into middle school and elementary these kids are coding and uh, it, it's 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 pretty remarkable to think about where we'll be and oh, you know I, I was I have this little slide that I throw up sometimes that you know cutting edge technology when I was in middle school was a calculator watch uh, <laughs> which I had one nerd that I am. Hey, remember beepers? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to get the beeper that had the, when it actually displayed the, the number on the, it was a little bigger beeper, but it had the, the number that would show up. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, you could read something on there, like where it's, where it's gone for sure. With the school thing, it's very impressive, and it's a, a big job you have. And I mean, you're, you know, jumping right into it and doing a great job. But how do you find time to be a commissioner? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Well, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I, Education had always been something over the course of my lifetime that had not been valued in terms, you know, um, it was valued, but not in the sense like for me personally, when you put your personal or county budget into something, then it shows that you truly value it. And so I remember sitting there when we had the school closures in 2011 and then 2012 thinking, you know what, I can sit on the sidelines or I can be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that night, in fact, I announced it right outside the county commission. I was, I think it was 2012, I was like, I'm running, I'm in. And uh, I'd never run for office um, or anything, but I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And so uh, I committed and I've been really, uh, really been blessed. Uh, it, it's interesting, I've made some of the best friends in my life through my service on the county commission. And it's uh, the work that we've done you know, anytime you do anything where you make decisions and, and spend taxpayer dollars, you're going to have, uh, there are going to be people that disagree, some vehemently. But at the end of the day, you know, when I look, um, you know, the first thing that we did was invest around $75, $80 million in renovating schools. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, as I travel around, I, I spend a lot of time now traveling around to schools. And it's really, what, what makes me the happiest is when I get into these schools that for 25, 30 years had no investment. You know, some of the schools in Portland and Westmoreland and White House and in the rural areas. And and I see the way that, uh, you know, even Gene Brown and Hendersonville, and and we've put, we've really put money into renovating and updating those schools. And when you see the pride that the kids have in that facility, it's it's really exciting. And then the, you know, the way that we've upgraded the technology and things like that. So, you know, that, uh, you know, of course, we've uh, we've secured downtown Gallatin for the next century by uh, keeping the courthouse there but building a brand new courthouse that's mm-hmm. going to be state-of-the-art uh we've added on to the jail with the uh, jail pods to release relieve the overcrowding there and then of course the liberty creek school campus um yeah. and you know i mean and i think um you know something that doesn't get any recognition by being fiscally responsible and making strategic investments uh, we put ourselves in a place financially to be able to weather this storm of covid uh, you know we're really solid uh, if you know chris taylor Kevin Pomeroy before Chris and then Chris Taylor, both as budget chairman, have done outstanding jobs and have really left us in in really strong position to weather this storm. Well, it's definitely a big job um, and a lot to put on your shoulders with everything else you have going on. But as a as a commissioner, what so what area do you serve? What is your district? I have quite an area. I have uh, Gulletsville, Millersville, and then uh, a little bit of Hendersonville out to out to one side of Cottontown. So, like the new school campus, like the left side of Upper Station Camp is mostly in my district, up to Brinkley Branch, and then all the way back through and over to uh, Gulletsville. Right. So, what are the th- in your district? What are uh, you know a couple of things we're getting ready to close up here, but. What are a couple of things that are your main focal points for your district? Mm-hmm. I, I think the main thing is to kind of keep on what we're doing. Um, you mentioned it earlier that education has always got to be one of the centerpieces of what a county does because the very first thing anybody business, uh, someone wanting to move in, the very first thing they're going to do is look at the school systems. And whether that's yes. Facebook or Beretta or any, you know, we're starting to, you know, for years all those went to Williamson County. 
and now uh, we're starting to to see a lot of uh, businesses and and others you know and, and people wanting to move here as a result of that. And the first thing they're going to do is look at the school system. Absolutely. So we've got to continue to invest there. We've got to invest in roads and public safety. Uh, you know, we're blessed with tremendous uh, EMS, EMA uh, workers, and that's really borne out now during COVID. The work mm-hmm. that they've done is exemplary. Yeah. And uh, in fact, Chief Miller uh, just won uh, he just won a big state award, and we want to honor him as well. But um, I, I think those are the things in my district that, that I hear a lot of is uh, responsible growth. Um, you know, there, we have people that are just totally against growth. Growth is growth is a reality. It's going to happen. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to manage the type of growth that we sure. get. We want green spaces and nice, nice developments, and and not just uh, you know things that are dumped in five or ten years we'll regret doing, but uh, things that will stand the test of time. And I, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. Well, I have to say I'm very impressed with uh, everything that you've done and what we've talked about. And of course, I think we can continue talking. A, a lot more about all of this, but sure. uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming in and just sharing a little bit of time of your day. I know how busy it is <laughs> to, to share with us like now. And thank you, Scott. So we've been talk- talking with Scott Langford, the Assistant Director of Schools f- for Instructions right here in Sumner County, and we so appreciate that. That's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. We appreciate you. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here at WHIN. We're also going to have this available on podcast on our website at whinradio.com. Start at 8 o'clock-ish about on Monday mornings, so you'll be able to listen back on that. So we appreciate it. Join us next week for Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.